You are listening to the Therefore I Geek podcast, episode number 19. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Therefore I Geek. Today we've got uh, two special guests with us. We have Gord and Brian, the uh, one of the stars and the director slash writer of Game Companion. How you doing, guys? Doing pretty good. Good, thanks. I should probably take a moment uh, to say I'm Andrew. And I'm Tracy. As I get ahead of myself, it's fantastic. And uh, I'm Gord. And I'm Brian. Hi, guys. Yeah, we're, we're, uh, we're glad to have you guys with us. So um, for people who are unfamiliar... Uh, Game Companion is a short film that the, these two gentlemen were involved with, and it's 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 really pretty good. I've, I've watched it a couple times now. Tracy, you said you watched it about four times yep. now? I, yeah. I like it, obviously. You know, um, that's starting to border on obsession. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit. Yes, it's 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 a fun video. So, uh, guys, what's your uh, what's your background in, in film here? Just kind of giving us a little bit of what got you to where we're at now. Before I did this one, I had I had done uh, some visual effects work. I had been doing that for a while on films, been studying it, and that got me into where I really wanted to do films that did things with great costumes and great effects. And I didn't think that other people were utilizing those skills very well because they didn't understand them. So I wanted to push something in that direction. Well, you certainly did. This is um, very effects heavy, which I was very surprised at. I, I don't know why. I guess that's a, a silly assumption to make. But I really didn't expect going into it to see something that had quite this level of production. Well, normally uh, when you think of smaller films, you kind of you think of films with a, a guy in a cardboard box and, uh, <laughs> and a dollar store hat that he bought there and uh, as the robot. So exactly. Yeah. Yes. I have a lot of affinity for those kind of movies, though. <laughs> Now, now for me, um, for my background here, uh, I've done a, a little bit of film work uh, prior to this. Something um, that was a uh, a not fully completed web series. It was called Sidekicks: The Web Series, and I had played a villain called Wily Weasel, um, a really irritating character that you just want to slap as soon as I get on stage or on screen. <laughs> yeah. And then I'd done a little bit of stage work prior to that. And, uh, you know, Brian tracked me down and, well, there you go. We, we saw his annoying character as Wily Weasel and thought that would be perfect for Bob. Wow. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, so, so as we said, um, Brian, you are the, the director and the, or the co-director, I should say, and the, um, the writer. Yes. And uh, Gord plays uh, one of the two leads, uh, Bob or Master Bob. That's right. I'm the ginger. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I know your pain. <laughs> well, you know, yeah, sunshine, me, not friends. Yeah, you live with it. Well, I mean, that feeds directly into your character since he's an avid gamer. Oh, yeah. Well, hey, you know, being pasty isn't just a skin color. It's a way of life. <laughs> uh, so are you a, a big gamer in real life? Um, I'm what Either you'd you? call a... Uh, well, I'm, a, I'm kind of a... Uh, a getting back into it, you know, uh, uh, I don't know if my appearance betrays my actual age, but, you know, I remember uh, back in the good old days, and uh, I actually was a, a very heavy gamer in the days of Doom and Quake when they first came out, you know, playing on nice. my on my 386. Ooh. 
And, uh, <laughs> you know, then I, then I got girlfriends and, uh, and a job and a life. And, uh, but now, you know, in the last four or five years here, I've started to get back into the gaming scene. And, you know, I got to say, uh, lots happened in 20 years. Uh, it's definitely not the same as where, uh, where it started. Oh, for sure. So, so what was the inspiration for, for the film? Uh, obviously, it was, it's, it's kind of gamer-centric. It's it, gamer and, and anime. I watched a lot of, an, of anime-themed shows, and I wanted to do something that had that sort of feel to it. So uh, I saw things like uh, Oh My Goddess is one of, the, one of the animes that really relied heavily on, especially with the makeup looks and the costuming. Mm-hmm, yeah. And uh, then think like Rosario Vampire plus Vampire... Uh, I really liked XX Holic, but that one didn't influence the story as much. But you see those those films, those anime series where you've got one really cute girl that's adorable, and another one that is really a kick-ass. Right. And, and I wanted to bring those, and then two nerdy guys who, from random circumstances end up being close to these really good-looking girls that they wouldn't normally get. Oh, hey, that happens all the time in real life. <laughs> <laughs> I was a little surprised to find that you were very kind of true to uh, video gamer stereotypes. And from the viewpoint of people who are video gamers, I didn't expect you to uh, quite be so tongue-in-cheek at your own expense. Well, you know, if you can't laugh at yourself, who can you laugh at? <laughs> That's true. Well, you know, you, you could laugh at random people at the street, but that tends to get you in trouble. So, uh, you know, I was going to say that that rarely turns out well. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, that very rarely turns out well. Yeah, NYPD is not not such a fan of that one. <laughs> no, no, that's uh, it's funny how the police are about those things. Yeah, and I, and I, I'm just saying one of the one of the things uh, about the movie, aside from the effects that that I think we both enjoyed a lot, is is the sense of humor. You know, you guys don't take yourselves too seriously, but you have a, and you have a good time with it. But you know, you kind of try and get a little bit of a point across, and and that that that's nice. Yeah, you see, kind of a moral to the story about what people do and how it affects them. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you know, one one of the things that I got out of this story too was that um, be careful what you wish for, because uh, well, you may end up getting that. And, uh, you know, it's one of those stories that I'm sure we all have somewhere in the back of our life where we really wished for something. We got it. And it kind of didn't quite turn out as well as it should have. Yeah, no, I I think everyone can relate to that. Well, not only that, I was going to say that's not just a moral for the guys in this story. To some extent, it's also a moral for the girls. Um, Absolutely. Just because, yeah, just because they really want to um, work with someone who is protecting East Asia, and then all of a sudden, it's not exactly what they were expecting, uh, which I thought was really cool. You know, that's uh, that is true. You know, the we've uh, we've been having some discussions here about, um, you know, just about the nature of of uh, what the characters are. You know, the 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 expectations. Basically, what what it would have been like to have thought through this experience from the character's perspective, and you know, something from the the point of view of Bob. You know, when, when he announces that, you know, he's this basically this hot, you know, super great fighter master Bob guy, you know, in his mm-hmm. mind, he's not lying. He uh, he just doesn't realize that he's, um, well, he's a loser. So <laughs> he seems very sincere. That That's the one. I mean, that's the big difference between the two male leads, right? That one's very sincere and the other's a little scuzzy. 
Um, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Sorry. Um, oh, oh no! Don't be sorry. <laughs> the truth, the truth hurts sometimes. <laughs> that's right. Um, uh, the other thing I was going to mention that I really enjoyed is um, not just the special effects, the computerized effects, but also the acting. Um, there's the one moment when Cecil punches Bob kind of towards the beginning um, when he says, pinch me, I must be dreaming. And yep. he, he, he pops him. It really does look like he pops him right in the face. That was fantastic. Oh, he did. He, he totally. Bro- no, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Actually, the uh, the the effects, not just the CGI, but the the practical effects on there, the the fighting that you see in the game world was actually done by real live people, and practically everything you see there, short of the uh, you know the uh, the big magical swoops and things like that, somebody actually did that. I was just going to ask that because it looked very realistic. Um, did yeah. you did your actors that are actually listed do those, or did you have someone else that came in that w- was um, kind of? Um, we we had a lot of actors. Uh, of course, some of the people doubled up and did more than one role in the video game portions. That's right. Ah, uh, okay. I uh, I actually played Massa. So you see the guy in the big hat, uh, black outfit, and the stick. Um, yes. That was actually me. Wow. Nice. That's awesome. Um, yeah. So did you primarily um, do that with makeup or it was a, a blending of the two? How did you get it to look um, so computerized? Uh, we did with makeup was a was a big portion of it. And then you had to had to change the vibrancy and you had to uh, play with looks. It's kind of a colorization to make it make it really a flat tone. And then I in most cartoons anime included to they do the filming at half film at half rate so you get instead of like 24 frames per second you get 12 frames per second Ah. and you get kind of a choppy feel to it so i wanted to have that same feel so i cut the frame rate in half after it was done and you can see how it it jumps a little bit and gives it that same sort of anime feel and then game feel yeah Interesting. Now, you know, a little bit of uh, interesting trivia on this one here. Um, Leon, the guy that played uh, the guy that played Cecil, and uh, you, you also saw him as a tall fighter in a blue top and a big afro wig. Um, during the filming of the fight scenes, he actually lopped the tip of his toe off with a sword. Oh. And, yeah, uh, he actually had to go to the hospital for that. And then came back and continued filming the very next day. <laughs> wow. Good for him. Yeah. So, and he finished the scene, so we got to keep the portion, and then... That's right. Then went <laughs> off to the hospital. That's and the really important part. <laughs> words, of the, words of the director, you know, get the cut first, or get the scene first. <laughs> I didn't realize he was, anything was wrong till out, right after we called cut, then he just lied on the ground. <laughs> That's terrible. I'm so sorry to be laughing, but that's kind of funny. I think he'd laugh about it now, too. So talking about the the, the filming, how long did the actual shoot take? Uh, it was two two days. Okay. We, we had one day of all green screen shoots, which was just the the video game fighting. And the other day we did in the apartment and we did all the all the scenes. We have to plan it really well for it to be able to fit in that amount of time. And we were using four cameras at all times so we could get the cuts from different angles. Whose apartment was that? That was Jeff's. Yeah, that's... Uh, the other director. Yeah, it, okay. it was kind of a basement suite. And, you know, I, I got to say, I'm, I'm just a tad jealous of Bob because my place, 
not so nice. Well, we, we took a bunch of his stuff out to him, cleaned so that it there wasn't very much there. Gave it more of an Asian feel. It also looked pretty, uh, pretty bachelor esque. <laughs> yeah, sparse. I think is the word you're looking for. Yeah. Yes. Sparse. There you go. But, yes. but then it wasn't distracting. And it, 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 I think that felt more like an anime sort of apartment. Yeah, it did definitely. Yeah. So once once you guys got the actual shoot done, how long did the uh, the post production process take? Well, it took. A, I finished the first good draft in about a month, and then, and then I played around with it and played around with it for another month. There were just little parts of it that I didn't like that, that I started adding more in. Like there was one of the video game scenes where the water didn't move, and I said, "Oh, the water's got to move." So. That one of I'd add those things in later on after watching them like a few hundred times. It gets, gets kind of irritating when you have to watch it so many times. You know, it was like good, good the first twenty oh, times, yeah. but after a while, our first our first couple of podcasts I probably listened to about seven or eight times, and I just I wanted to gag myself. Just, oh, okay, no, no more, no more, please. There's just something about having to listen or look at yourself that yeah, it just makes you want to poke your eyes out. <laughs> so so Gord how did you get involved well it, the, the story of how I got involved is is actually kind of a, a double story from uh, from the way that I can tell here um, the uh, within I think it was the same day or within a 24 hour period uh, uh, Brian had contacted me through YouTube because he had seen my uh, my work on uh, sidekicks and also uh, Leela who is, is one of the costumers and played the the annoying pixie character that sort of screamed and died immediately. Um, yeah, I was I was talking with her, and she said, "Yeah, come on down for an interview." And uh, yeah, so it, it for casting. Yeah, for casting. Yeah, yeah. Um, and well, there you go. So by accident, I had uh, managed to get involved, kind of from two angles, almost simultaneously. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. How else, uh, for Brian? Here, how else did the the rest of the casting go? Similar? Did you contact them, or did you you actually have a, a casting call? We we had a casting call. We put out on Facebook, and then we a few people started letting other people know about it too. So we so we had quite a few people. Like Hannah, when she she was the first one to come out, and she wrote on Facebook right away. You know, she made the first. The, the first reservation for a time. She showed up the very first thing in the morning and she wrote on Facebook, I'm so tired of something about I'm, I'm tired of being cast as the girlfriend of Jennifer Aniston sort of character. He said, I want to I do something that kicks butt. Well, she got her wish. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and Sydney ended up getting a role that was originally for a, a boy. Now Sydney is the the actress that played Janie, the uh, the daughter. And oh, okay. We we'd originally cast that as a as a young boy, and we really liked Sydney's performance, and so we changed that to a uh, Janie instead. Very nice. Yeah, she was a uh, she's a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. She, she had a added a, added a little bit of an attitude to it. Yeah, although she's still yeah. a traitor in my books. I tell you, she gave away my good gig <laughs> I had going there. Yeah, she did. She did release it. I've seen a couple places in Asia call her the, the snarky niece. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. 
Not, not, not necessarily in a bad way, but I can see that. No, they really liked her there. So you mentioned uh, you didn't place in Asia. So you, you have been to, now you told me, 80, 80 conventions and, and film festivals? Okay, well, I, I, can, I can announce it now. We, we're over 100 now. Wow. That's right. So That's amazing. What's now, that process been like for you guys? The process of uh, getting into places or the process getting of into, getting into them and just, I mean, you know, taking your taking your film and showing it to all these people. OK, well, it's it's been really good to be able to have that kind of reaction. You know, you put the put the film out and you hope people will react to it. And then you start looking for places that that fit in really well with what you're doing. And uh, there's a lot of. A lot of film festivals that are more fantasy or sci-fi based that pick them up, and then there's, of course, conventions. It's play. It's done really well. I could think closer to you guys. We played at Oticon. Yeah. Did you guys go to that one? Uh, I did not. I think I was actually in out of state for a little bit while that was going on. Okay. And we we got a really good reaction out of Gen Con. We started getting a bunch of reviews after that. Oh, very nice, Gen Con. That's a that's a big one too. And I know you said you were at Emerald City. Uh, unfortunately, I yeah. missed you guys there, but I know that was that was a good show, and so I hope you guys had a had a real good show in there. I wasn't there to to see it. I'm I'm hoping that it went really well. I know there were a lot of people for that one, and that we know we know that at the Boston Sci-Fi Film Festival, that one was to a sold out crowd, and that's got 900 seats. So, we, wow, wow, that that was a lot of people to see that one. You know, it's uh, knowing knowing that it's out there and playing in so many places. And from what I understand, I think the only continent we haven't played on yet is Antarctica. And uh, I, I heard Brian's, he's working on them. No, nobody. I, I submitted a place. <laughs> I found four festivals down there, and there's only one that we really uh, qualify for. I mean, some of them are, you have to be in Antarctica to, to do that festival. You know, I am willing to wear a penguin costume yeah. if it'll get us in. <laughs> um, I was just thinking. I was just thinking. You, you need to, to mail DVDs to to penguins or or penguin researchers or something. You know they're pretty can, lonely. Can be so, done. Uh, There's a Finnish guy that runs the runs the Antarctic Film Festival down there. So I I've sent it in, but I think that doesn't happen until February, mm-hmm. and and we haven't been accepted. And I'm not sure that we actually. It's not a sci-fi or fantasy festival, so we may not make it, but it would be nice if we did. So, guys from Antarctica, if you're listening to this podcast, we want in. Yes, um, definitely. So, uh, do you guys have any any future plans for any any uh, any films? Are, are there a follow-up or just something something different? Well, um, there's there's two things going on right now. Brian is working on a project called Mining Moon, which is. Um, the uh, principal photography of that has been done and is in, uh, well, we'll call it production right in now. Po- post-production. It's in post, yeah. So it's uh, that's going to be going. And there has been talk, but you can't, uh, you can't hold me to this. There's been talk of a continuation of the Game Companion universe. Ooh. So, yes. But you can't hold me oh, to very it. Very cool. We're, we're, we're looking... Uh, we're looking into it. Uh, Jeff doesn't live in the same apartment anymore, so that's one difficulty. And the other one is Sydney was 16. She's 17 now, and she's grown significantly. We've, we've tried to take her off of milk and all <laughs> calcium products, but it's not working. <laughs> <laughs> My mom Every, used to say if you put a brick on their head, that, that's what does it. Yeah. Yeah, but from the sounds of it so far, you know, uh, a lot of the, uh, the existing cast... 
um, is uh, has been quite positive with the idea, and it's been very well received. So you know, if uh, basically if if something can be done, and there's enough um, you know positive vibe about it, I'd say uh, we're working on it. You know what I mean? That's fantastic. Yeah, I I, I would definitely think there's enough uh, positive vibe. Like I said, the, the the movie's you know really funny. It's got a nice little little moral tale to it. It looks great. So oh, thank you. Definitely. Well, we definitely appreciate that. And, of course, we're also, you know, championing the cause of gingers getting hot girls, too. Don't forget that. <laughs> Amen, brother. So, um, so Gord, what did you do to kind of get into your role as Bob? You know, a little, uh, it was a little bit of a combination of a few things there. I, I did pick up some, uh, you know, started puttering around with games. Um, of course, uh, for me, the, the greatest challenge of that was actually the stuff not as Bob. It was the uh, it was the fighting stuff, which I got to tell you, as a as a forty year old, my fat butt uh, that was a tough challenge. I'll tell you that much. Um, you know, for getting into the role of Bob, though, it was just a matter of it's uh, kind of getting into that right creepy headspace of a of a you know thirty something loser. That's yeah. we've been getting some feedback that some women at cosplay conventions have really have identified Bob as sort of the creepy guy that watches the the ones in the skimpier costumes. I'd like to say for the record, I'm not Bob, okay? If you see me at your <laughs> festival, I'm not Bob. Come up to me. Don't worry. Inappropriate touching is something I don't do. Thank you. <laughs> That's hilarious. So um, if it were up to you, would you um, who would you pick as your game companion? You know that's uh that that's a that's kind of a good one here. Out of the selection of the fighters there, you know, I probably would have picked uh, Kimiko. Um, you know, just uh one of those ones where sometimes some of the anime girls have surprising powers. You know, it's the it's the rule of inverse size for for weapons and powers. Uh, you know, you get the the little one and a half foot high shrimpy girl in a in a tiny skirt, and she can pull out a skyscraper sized sword and pretty much lay waste to half the you know half the battlefield there. And, That's true. And you know, don't forget, you also get you know like the the big towering eight foot four hundred pound guy, and what does he bring out? A limp pretzel to hit people with. So you know, <laughs> pick the small one. It works uh, works out pretty good for you. <laughs> A limp pretzel. Interesting. I, I know. I, I went some very dirty places with that. What about you, Brian? Who would your game companion be? Oh, the ones. Well, if if Gord picked Kimiko, I'd probably pick Haruka then. But I, I, I now knowing what's going on, knowing what happens, I'd probably be concerned about that. <laughs> with good reason. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's best not to pick the psycho one, to be quite honest. <laughs> She knows what she wants. Was she psycho or was she just, I was going to say, is she psycho or is she just protective? No, she's protective. She, she, I, I've seen her actually write some things about her own character. And she sees herself as having to be tough and no, not having any time for, for uh, sympathies or jokes. Or, and her, own, her one weakness is her protection of her sister. You know, we've we've actually been having you know discussions about the nature of the characters, and uh, you know, it, quite honestly, I don't, I, I never really envisioned her so much as as psycho. It was a, probably a poor choice of word there. Um, uh, to me, I've always envisioned her as a a woman that she just doesn't take any BS and can and can kick ass and uses that with it, like a very uh, a 
firm presence, kind of like the lady. Uh, you know, you could have like her as a lady president. You know what I mean? Like, you know, she goes over right. and, you know, uh, oil oil pipeline negotiations or something. Oh no, no, there's not this little <laughs> you know pissing about the point. No, no, she's gonna get what she wants. Oh yeah. Well, as an as the oldest sister of a couple of well three siblings, I can I definitely uh, identify with her very well. I, I thought I thought you would. I mean, when when I listened to your podcast, I was pretty sure that I would like to put you two together. Yeah, we'll we'll see if we can make that happen. We had um, a couple of technical issues to work through, which I think I've worked through. Uh, however, my laptop then subsequently crashed this afternoon. Oh, that's sad. So, <laughs> so as soon as like as soon as I got it figured out, it's like all right, we're ready to go. You need Crash. to find yourself a geek. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yes. I think I need to find myself a better laptop. Is the problem? <laughs> so Brian, obviously, as the writer of the the the, the film, has this. You know, met your expectations, exceeded them. Is it is it different than how you originally envisioned it to be? Uh, originally, I figured the color was going to be a lot more like Speed Racer, the movie. So, and ah. and when when you get into your independent filmmaking and and you have to use what things you can get, you know. So I couldn't bring in that whole kind of apartment that Speed Racer had. But I tried to bring in those kind of colors as much as I could, so it brought on its own sort of feeling, and and I'm really happy with how it looks and how it turned out. But it didn't. It, originally, I thought it was going to look like that one movie, and it didn't quite look like that. Okay. There's something that we've felt several times with the blog and the podcast, where just something will happen. Um, for instance, the first time that um, a comic book publisher contacted us to write reviews, um, that just kind of had that moment like we we may not have arrived yet but we're getting there what are some of those moments for you guys uh, well f- for me um i've i've been seeing the uh, the marketing juggernaut that brian is um go and you know get to see uh, you know that at first when i hear that oh it's played at this place here and this place here there's there's no reality to it when you uh when you when you sit back and you just go. It's just words on the page. But as soon as the mm-hmm. interviews start kind of coming in, and you know, you, you start talking to people out there who've who've seen the film, it it really hits home, and and you kind of have this moment where you're going, really, no. Oh, we have fans. <laughs> yeah, that's, and, and that's awesome. And, and it's that realization that you know, I'm 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 sitting at home or sitting at home drinking a cup of badly made cocoa in my messy office and then I think to myself somewhere out there there's somebody quite possibly watching this and going that's really cool and they're talking about me and it's a it's a level of surreal that you can't really uh you you can't really um I don't know there's 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 no analog in real life to it yeah I mean, we, we were trying to get this into just one film festival, and we wanted to get something that was close by, and, and that was our whole goal out of it. And the one festival we wanted to get into, we didn't get into. <laughs> the local one didn't take us. <laughs> Go figure, huh? Wow. One, one out of over 100. <laughs> wow. But uh, you know what? That, from that kind of thing, it, it actually drives you. It's like, oh, you, even our, our own people don't like us? But then you, then you go into it and you think, wow, I really want to find the people who, who this audience goes for because I think it's good. Yeah. And, you know, it, and it is one of those things where you, you look out 
and and uh, realize that we really are in a ever shrinking globe there. You know, we're no longer limited to making something and having it only shown within 100 miles. Now it's, uh, you know, they say the sky's the limit, but I guess the uh, well, I guess Antarctica is the limit right mm. now, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> So, so, Brian, as we had uh, been, been talking, trying to set this interview up, um, you mentioned that, that currently, at, the, at least at the time, um, the film is not available outside of the kind of these film, the festivals or the conventions. Is there other plans to to make it available yeah. on the internet? Yeah. yeah, we plan to make it to make it available on the internet. There's some festivals that that only allow you to have 10 percent of the film available, freely available, and so once we once we finish our run, which it's going to be er- early in 2015, then we're go- we plan to put it up and make it available to everybody. Because we we didn't do it to make money; we made it so that people could see it. And right now, we right. kind of hold held it back, and we'd really like people everybody to be able to see it. That's interesting. You mentioned about the, the festival is only allowing 10. percent It's kind of kind of different. It's kind of a it's that's an Academy Awards rule, which we're not getting into the Academy Awards, but. But Not a lot yet. of a lot of festivals, <laughs> a lot of festivals have just adopted those rules, and so it's yeah, forced as, us into as like that. a just in case. Yeah, it's forced us into that box. So when you say I'm sorry, when you say your run is ending in in early 2015, is that by choice or is it you know films must be made within a certain period of time? Uh, you've really you've got two years to get everything out, and I think we probably af- after a year. We started putting it out in January, like about the end of January. So once we finished that whole year cycle, then we, we might have it go to a few other places next year, but that, that'll be most of it. And we've got, we've got to our 100. I don't think we're going to make 200. So not yet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Gord the ever optimist here. I like it. Yeah. One can dream, you know, one can dream. Well, I mean, like you, you guys said, all you wanted was was one festival, and you've gotten over a hundred. So, I mean, we're it it does that, become that surreal so far. Yeah, I I, can, I bet. And uh, I th- I think really, uh, you know, it is one of these things where uh, when you do projects like this, you never quite know what the the actual reception of it is going to be. And you know, there's a there's a lot of films out there and films that I'm seeing being made locally that. You know they're they're well crafted films, but you, you have to ask the question: is, is are they going to be seen everywhere? Are they are they going to do that? And you just never know. So you can only just kind of enjoy the ride, really. Yeah, where is where is local for you for you gents? Um, well, for me and uh, Brian's home base here, he's a bit of a jet setter. We're um, on Nanaimo, BC. Now that's uh, on Vancouver Island, which is on the west coast of Canada. There's a, a really big honking island roughly the same geographic area as Maine that sitting out on the west coast of Canada. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't actually know that. Uh, if I remember correctly, that's actually the, um, that's not far from Seattle, Washington, is it? That's correct. No, you can take the ferry. Yeah. Now, the reason why, uh, the reason why you don't know that is because you've never owned a Canadian map. You <laughs> see, if you look at American maps, Canada is this little <laughs> shrivelly warty thing on top of the U.S. <laughs> with the big honking Alaska in the upper left corner. Uh, the reality yes, exactly. is, is uh, yeah, it's it, it, there's actually quite a bit of land up here, and uh, I highly recommend to anybody that hasn't seen a Canadian map or actually a globe for that matter to uh, go and check mm. out Google Earth. 
Yeah, I'm actually, I've actually been meaning to get up to uh, to Canada. I've got some friends who've been saying a lot of a lot of really great things about about uh, Vancouver and Toronto and Quebec. So, well, I my parents don't... actually live in Maine, and they told me that you actually don't you don't even need a passport. You need a passport card, I guess. It's very small and you, just you one can, page. Yeah. Yeah, can. Um, now, don't the you know all jokes and peanut gallery comments aside from my part here. The one thing to, to keep in mind about Canada is it is. Um, kind of left to right, substantially larger than the states when it kind of gets right down to it. Um, just kind of the the way that we're spread out there. So, you know, Toronto and Vancouver are nowhere near each other. They're, oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it is, um, I'd say, probably the distance of about like Buffalo to Seattle. So, yeah. Oh, my. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I wouldn't expect it to be a trip. I have heard that, um, is it Toronto that has the rodeo? It's a must. No, Cal- Calgary. See. Yeah, that's uh, that's Calgary. Calgary. There you go. Yeah, you're thinking of the Calgary Stampede, and that's kind of halfway in between the two ish. Oh, we'll see. We can make a day trip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd highly recommend <laughs> a fast car. Yeah, or a week or flight. trip. Or flight. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah flight would be good. So, guys, uh, typically to, to wrap up the podcast, we uh, like to kind of see what uh, everybody's into uh, lately. What you know, books, movies. Um, Gord, you said you said you're getting back into gaming a little bit, so uh... well, yeah. Um, recently on Steam, I've kind of discovered this new game. Well, not not a new game. It's been uh, it's evolved a few times. It's called Dino Horde, or it was called Dino Horde. It's now called Orion Prelude, and it's available on Steam for just a dollar. And you basically you run around and you shoot dinosaurs. Um, yeah, that's about it. You shoot dinosaurs. There's I I could. Uh, no, there's not much more to say. Yeah, uh, that's uh, that's been my big new passion. All and I've been actively avoiding trying to get into the world of Warcraft and Minecraft worlds. Basically, anything with craft in the name, I've been avoiding because, uh, well, I'd like to have a life. Honestly, um, yeah, I was really good. I was really good about avoiding World of Warcraft until my until my sister got married to a guy who played, and he's like, "Hey, let's do something together." And it's like <laughs> crud. <laughs> yeah, it was fun though. I still, I still, I still have kept away from Minecraft though. I'm still good on that one. You know, I, I swear, I think I, I should probably take up crack or cocaine or something. That might be less expensive than <laughs> Minecraft. Oh man. Yeah. Yikes. So Brian, what about you? Well, ever since we, we fit, wrapped filming on September 18th for, I'm uh, sorry, September 28th for our last, for the Mining Moon Sci-Fi project, and I've had nothing but editing and effects to do since then, and I. I've got another month or two. This one's going to be about 30 minutes long, so it's got a lot more more effects and more work that has to be done to it. So I haven't really been able to see a whole bunch of TV or play any games or anything like that since that's that's come out. Do you have a uh, do we have a release date for that that project yet? Or? Uh, we we want to do it early in 2015. That's really the best uh, start January. Maybe as far into February is where the the best festival runs are. That's when okay. it starts starts kind of a festival season. So we we like to try to do something in the summer, and we usually get pushed till September, and then and then have something ready by the next year, so we can have a whole whole project to look forward to and do the, for the next year. Very nice, Tracy. Um. 
Brian was saying that he barely has time for anything. That sounds like my life right now. Um, so let's see. The first thing that I'm doing is I am reading um, Dave Dorman's Wasted Lands Omnibus from Magnetic Press. Um, first of all, I just want to say that Magnetic Press puts out some of the most high quality books I have ever seen from a comic uh, printer in my life. I mean, Pub- publishers that they were looking for publisher yeah, that. Thank you. That's what I'm looking <laughs> for. Um, I'm losing, I'm losing my vocabulary. This book is eight and a half by 11. So when I say it's huge, I mean, it is, it's wow. gigantic. Um, it's hardcover. The desk cover is die cut. There is a ribbon in it as a bookmarker and, and, and all their books are like this. So, but this one was particularly compelling just because, um, the, art in it is phenomenal the storyline is very it feels like um a really old western with the very um grand statements and and sweeping uh generalities and and um very uh impressive statements but it it feels a little bit dated you know but i think that was the intention um so i'm really enjoying that i just wrote a paper on a (laughs) <laughs> this is funny um, on how uh, religion provides legitimacy for the state and how the state shapes religion. So I read a whole bunch of uh, Paul Kennedy and uh, Francis Fukuyama and a lot of uh, political scientists there. So that's, that's not as interesting for everybody else, but you know, I thought it was fun. Yeah. I'm actually waiting yeah. for the data for Tracy to graduate. So she's no longer reading poli sci books. Hey, I, I got uh, a poli sci degree. Oh. I got a poli sci degree. So I'm does, actually does familiar a, with that. Paul, I was going to say, does a political scientist ever stop reading poli-sci books, though? Mm, I've, probably I've not. I've really pursued it, but... but My sister yes. did. Oh, she stopped? I'm pretty sure, it yeah. Could, it could happen. It, de- it depends on if, you know, I continue to research, which, yeah. I mean... Wait, wait until next semester when all I can talk about is water and conflict. Just just wait. It'll, it'll be way more fun than this, I promise. So, yeah, that's, that's basic. Oh, and oh, the other thing I was... I've been watching Futurama. Thank you very much. Andrew for <laughs> destroying the rest of my free time. So you'll be pleased to know eventually it sooner or later does actually end and on a good note. Everybody dies. Futurama? Yep. Oh, yep. fantastic. Everybody, no, 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 that is, that is really fun. Um, no spoilers here. <laughs> I've been <laughs> I've been avoiding this series for what like 2 years. Uh, as long as I've known you at saying, least. Oh, it's really good. Yeah, and he keeps saying, you'll really yeah. like it. And I'm like, no, nah, I've seen clips. It looks dumb. It is dumb, but it's really funny, too. Anyway, so yeah, that's what I'm into. What are you into, Andrew? Uh, let's see. Um, I've been trying to finish uh, Clone Wars, the um, the, car- the Star Wars oh, cartoon. I really enjoyed that one. Yeah, I, I haven't, been, I haven't it, seen the whole thing, but I really enjoy- enjoyed I watched it a lot for the effects, actually, to try to pull out some of the ideas they have for it. Yeah, it was really I- impressive for for what for what they were doing i mean for what is this ostensibly a, a kid's cartoon there's a lot of um continuing plot lines it's fairly dark actually yeah it is i really liked it and they they copied a lot of the star wars cuts cuts in it yes and, and some some very interesting sorry he's making me talk in the mic I, i'm looking <laughs> over some some very interesting things like the binoculars and the I really enjoy their framing in it. You have so much room to do to do really interesting uh, director of photography kind of shots in a cartoon. Yeah, um, and then the other thing is, I picked, recently picked up a book on the secret history of Wonder Woman, which kind of goes into um, 
a lot of in, a lot of into the guy who the guy who actually created Wonder Woman. Um, you know, some of the the S and M undertones and less than under uh, tones. Um, also, just I mean, his personal life was very fascinating. Um, odd enough, he's also the person who who invented the lie detector. The polygraph, huh? Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. That's a, yeah. that's an interesting so that, connection. That's why he had the, yeah. laugh, the laugh suit that made people tell the truth. Oh yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to. I'm, I'm just kind of wrapping up some stuff. We some some prep work for another interview we've got coming up, um, and then um, I'm going to get get diving into that. So you can always go and watch Game Companion once more. <laughs> Oh, I'm sure there will be at least one more. It will probably that. happen. I was gonna say, yeah, that's happening. Hey, are you guys anywhere near uh, Beacon, New York? Uh, um, they're not that close. No, to no, it. not that close. Yeah, my, probably about ten hours. Oh my! See, my geography is terrible here because I was I was gonna give a little plug for this uh, this upcoming. Apparently, we're we're playing at the Beacon Underground Film Festival this upcoming the eighth in Beacon, New York. Hmm. Eh? hmm. Interesting. Hey, hey, my, they might be closer to you know Chessicon. Uh Chessicon in North Baltimore. Yeah. yeah, closer to that one. Yeah. That's about that's about three hours from okay, us. Okay, well it's still far. Okay. Well, you know, you, you a fast car. Yep. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> that's not that bad. It's not that far. We've actually gone to a couple conventions this year up in the, the Baltimore DC area. I think three? Oh, hey, that's uh that's This last year or are you talking about next year? This last this last year. There was a bunch this this awesome. Yeah, you you guys really covered a lot. <laughs> yeah, my wallet's not so thrilled with me right now. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, who needs money? You know, it's that food and clothing thing, and that. Nah. But yeah, it's it's been a fun. I think I think I've gotten to by the end of the year it'll be ten conventions. Ooh, wow. Oh uh, yeah, and and that that includes two on the on the west coast. Man, you really get around. Well, don't well, take that ha- the wrong way, you know. <laughs> It, it helps. Uh, I'm originally from Phoenix, so it helped. So we went out to the Phoenix convention. It helps that I, you know, I can crash on my parents' couch. Oh, uh, the Phoenix Comic Con. Yep. Yeah, we played there too. Did you I seriously? Was, yeah, I we did. Wow. Uh, yeah, I feel like I was just not paying attention now. <laughs> that was a great convention. I had so much fun there. It really Sorry. looked like yeah, a plug lot for of Phoenix Comic Con. Yeah, big big plug for Phoenix. They they do a great job. Yeah, if you get a chance to actually, you know, go out go out there um, with one of the the films you're showing, absolutely, it's 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 definitely worth it. Well, you know, uh, any of those upcoming festivals want to fly me out there? Yeah. Oh yeah, hey, I'll uh, definitely take that. Gary, oh, yeah. Gary, the costume designer is going to KawaiCon next year. Nice. With our film. In Hawaii? Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> That's fantastic, though. Man, that girl, I tell you. <laughs> well, guys, we really appreciate you uh, you coming out and uh, talking with us for a little while here. Well, it's Absolutely. been a lot of fun, and uh, thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us. So, uh, once again, if you like what we do, go ahead and subscribe to us on iTunes and leave us a review. Head on over to thereforeageek.com, facebook.com slash thereforeageek, or at, on Twitter at thereforeageek, and Tracy's at Mary Eyes. So, once again, I'm Andrew. And I'm Tracy. And you've been listening to Therefore I Geek. <laughs>